0: Those of you that have been following our theme this weekend, Greatness Through Process, last night we've talked about the process itself that God takes us through in order to release this treasure and this greatness that the Lord Himself deposited within us when we were born again by the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul said we have this treasure. We're not going to get it. We have it. And the treasure is none other than Christ in us. The hope of glory. So we have this treasure he says in these earthen vessels. So that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. We are not great outside of Christ. But we are not outside of him. We are in him. And the word says, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. We are one spirit with the Lord. Christ in us. He is the treasure that we carry. And wherever you go, he goes. He has no choice. (laughs) So it's foolish to say, Lord, please go with me. Because he is wherever you are. You may not feel it. You may not look like it. But act like it, because it's true. Amen? So we talked about the process that God takes us through, the discipline, the correction, in order to release what He has placed within us into our spheres of influence and bless humanity. This morning I want to talk to you about the path. To greatness, The path that leads us to greatness And I want to share one of the foundational values Of the kingdom of God I know that Pastor Tim has been teaching Every Sunday about the kingdom Now this one value that I will share with you Is a foundational value in the kingdom of God And let me just take a few moments to define what a value is. Values are what a person considers to be important in his life. What he considers to be valuable, worthy of love, honor, and respect. It is one's judgment of what is really important in his life. So a value system is a set of principles or ideals that we highly esteem and we consider them to be of importance. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what you treasure what you consider as valuable, your heart will naturally gravitate towards it and wrap itself around your values. Because our hearts will always go where our values are, where our treasures are. Amen? That, that is so true. What you consider important, you will always find time for. Amen? You see, this is a fundamental principle in life. We always devote ourselves to the things we value the most. And what we respect, we will always attract. The reason why you attract wrong things in life is because you place value on them. Amen? Our values express Help us to express who we are, what we stand for. If we are unaware of or somehow become disconnected with our values, then we end up making choices out of impulses, preferences, and instant gratification rather than acting in faith and love and responsible decision-making. The true values that we hold, of course, are the ones, by, the ones by which we actually live. If we claim to value something, and yet we continue doing the opposite, then we actually value something else. Now, if I claim to value truth and yet continually lie, that means there's something more important to me than telling the truth. My lies prove that I hold some other value more deeply than honesty. So kingdom values are the foundation of Christian character and spiritual maturity. You tell me what your values are and I will tell you what kind of a person you are. Values define character everything in your life is founded on the values you embrace and the values you hold dear in your heart. Amen. Amen. Values determine your commitments. If you value the fellowship of the brethren, you will make excuses to be here. (laughs) If you value sleep or the beach, then you will make some kind of excuses why you're not here. You see, so values determine our commitments as well as our investments, both time-wise and monetary. Amen. There are only two sets of values in our world that we live in. We have the world's value system, which is based on the carnal and the fallen nature of man, namely the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's recorded in John 2, verses 15 through to 17. John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. He's talking about, do not love what the world values. What the world considers important. Do not love that. For all that the world considers valuable and important are based on the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. We are not to love what the world loves. If you're a disciple of Christ, you are not to pursue what the world pursues. Pleasure. Do whatever you want. Amen. If it feels good, do it. And Jesus said that the unbelieving world's values and pursuits are centered around these three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We also have the values of the kingdom of God, which are based on the fruit of the Spirit. And these are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Paul said to Timothy, Flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So now I'm going to share with you this one foundational value in the kingdom of God. This is one of the values that I have lived my Christian life now for more than 40 years. It's called the value of servanthood. The value of servanthood. Matthew 10, 35 to 45. So Jesus called them together, that is his disciples, and he said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, they were fighting among themselves who should be the greatest. And so Jesus took that opportunity and taught them who is really the greatest in the kingdom. And so he gave them one of the foundational values of his kingdom. And that's the value of servanthood. More than 40 years ago, as a young believer... The Holy Spirit spoke these words to my spirit. I will never be able to forget them. And this is what he said. Son, as you lay down your life to serve and to please others, I will come and fill you with my spirit. And every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, that I have given it to you. I have found that to be true and have experienced the goodness and the blessing of God as I have learned and still learning to deny self in order to serve Christ and those whom God has given me to serve. I believe that the greatness of a person's life is not measured by wealth by position or status but by his servant heart greatness of life is not measured by duration but by donation God is not impressed how long you live he is impressed how effectively you live your life Amen Mother Teresa said, one of the greatest diseases in the world today is being nobody to anybody. Selfishness, self-centeredness, the root cause of all the heartaches, of all of the divorces, of all of the pain, and all of the misery of mankind. Selfishness and self-centeredness. Caring for no one else but number one. I believe that our life here on earth will be defined by how well we serve those whom God has given us to serve. Our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our church, our community, and the nations of the world. I believe that our primary purpose in life, the very reason for our existence as believers, is to receive the love of God and give it away every single day. Receive the love of God and give it away. Receive the love of God every day and give it away. And this has everything to do whether you will live under an open heaven or a closed heaven. Exodus twenty-three twenty-five says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. And I will fulfill the number of your days. When? When you love and serve the Lord. You serve Him because you love Him. Then He says, I'm going to bless you. Bless your bread. Bless your water. Bless everything you touch. It will be blessed. I will take away sickness from the midst of you. Job 36, says, If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and the years in pleasure. What a promise. What a promise given to us from God. If you obey and serve Him, how simple is that? You will spend your days in In prosperity, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. And your years in pleasures. Over 40 years, I have known nothing but the goodness and the blessing of the Lord. In my family, in my children, in my grandchildren, in the lives of the people that I walk with. Has it been easy? No. But the blessing of the Lord is evident. Hallelujah. I laid awake for quite a while with these words ringing in my mind. You know, I don't know, but sometimes my mind in the middle of the night and my spirit are having a wonderful fellowship. And my mind is talking to my spirit. My spirit is talking to my mind. And I know... I'm having a wonderful conversation, but yet I'm, I'm, I'm just half asleep. And so I had to get up and write down what my mind was talking to my spirit, what my spirit was saying to my mind, in case I forgot them. It was well after midnight on the 1st of April, 2011. I even wrote the date down. And this is what I wrote. The Nutshell the essence of what that communication was all about. This is what I wrote. I find my greatest expression in life and the greatest release in ministry by serving those whom God has called me to serve and by helping them become all that God has called them to be. That's powerful. And to my amazement, I began to think of the people that I know God called me to serve. I'm not called to the crowds, but there are certain people that are my sons and spiritual daughters. Some of them are sitting here today. That I dearly love. And I began to to study and examine and to my astonishment... Through servanthood, my territory in God and my influence in Christ began to multiply and expand through serving these wonderful people. And the Lord said to me, he said, when you reach a certain age, he did give me the age, but I'm not going to give it to you. Your ministry, he says. Rather, the influence of your ministry will not be multiplied by you per se, but by those whom you have raised and fathered and discipled. As they go out, they will multiply. And that's my legacy. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. I want to leave a number of sons and daughters that are world shakers. That they make a difference in the world they live in. And they're not all pastors. Some of them are leaders in the marketplace like Steve is here today. Some of them are businessmen. Others are pastors. But that's my passion. And through them I'm reaching donations. One of the spiritual daughters that we disciple, she owns the only Christian magazine in South Africa. She has a circulation of 200,000 people. I would never be able to reach that many people, but through her, I reached them. We go every month out to the premises, we do training, the members of staff, and she's always so grateful, saying, Pastor, if it were not for the discipleship you gave me and the foundation, I would have never been able to do what I'm doing. And she knows how to honor spiritual fatherhood. You see, this is what Jesus expects each and every one for us to do. Serve. Begin where you are. He is our primary example. Isaiah called him the servant. Isaiah 42 verse 1 says, Behold, look. That's what behold means. Look and see. You want to know what Jesus is like? Behold, my servant whom I uphold. You want to be upheld? You and God do uphold you, all you need to do is serve, become a servant. God upholds servants. And then he goes on to say, My elect one, in whom my soul delights. The soul of our Heavenly Father delights in servanthood. And then he goes on to say, I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Wow. He delights in servants. He upholds servants. Then he pours his spirit upon those who serve the way God wants them to serve. And our Lord's life on earth was defined by his servant heart. Of all the forms that Jesus could have chosen to come into our world, to introduce himself to our world, he chose the form of a servant. That's what Philippians says. But made himself of no reputation, taking upon him the form of a bondservant. He could have come as a king, and everybody running around him, serving him. But he said the Son of Man did not come to be served. But he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Paul, the great apostle, his life was defined by his service to the Gentiles. He had such a father's heart. He poured his life out in order to serve those whom God had called him to serve. He said to the Philippians in chapter 2 verse 17, And if I am being poured out as a drink offering in the service and sacrifice of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. His entire life was poured out in order to establish believers, to serve them. He said, fathers ought to lay up for the children, not children for the parents. He wrote to the Corinthians saying, I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Here is a servant. Joseph. We looked at Joseph the other night. The life of Joseph was marked and characterized by his excellent spirit of serving. David. His life was described in just a few words in Acts 13, 33. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. Elisha had a reputation. Do you know what his reputation was? The man who washed Elijah's hands. How would you like that reputation? God honors, values, upholds, delights, and pours out His Spirit upon servants. You may ask the question, well, how do I serve? I want to serve. Well, the way we serve, first of all, is by making ourselves available to the Lord and to our fellow men. God has given each one of us a sphere of influence. Every single one of us has a sphere of influence. It is in that sphere that I engage with people and according to the needs that are presented, I serve. Now, of course, you cannot meet every need. That's impossible. If you try and do that, you will waste yourself away. But there are needs... That have your name on it. I know those. I've learned to recognize them. God would put a, a desire in my heart. To help this pastor. And um, and I would have this overwhelming compassion. You know. And say serve him. I said how Lord? He said fly them over to Cape Town. Okay. You pay for the tickets. I said, alright. So I bought the tickets and the next thing the Lord said, no, fly the business class. So I did. They were, they were just flabbergasted. You know. Wow! Nobody has done this for us. We've been in ministry for 30 years. No one has ever done that for us. How could we ever think? I said, you know, I didn't do anything. The Lord told me to do it. He loves you. There's the only way I can prove that, 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 that I love him and God loves him. Sometimes words are not actions speak louder than words. And thank God has given me the ability to do it. So I know those needs that have my name on it. And I'm not running from it. And you should not run from those needs that have your name on it. Don't pretend they're not there. Don't ignore them. Sometimes they're just staring you in the face. Hello. Because these needs that have your name on, they are the stepping stones to your greatness in Christ. And if you ignore them, you will never release the treasure and the greatness that God has placed within your spirit. Look for them. Look for them. Be open to them. Be receptive. Lord, get up every morning and say, here I am, Lord. Instead of you being preoccupied with your problem, your troubles, forget about yourself. Because when you focus on others, your problems become less. The devil will leave you alone. Say, Lord, how can I serve you today? How can I serve your people today? Whom can I pray for? Whom can I call? Whom can I go and hug and give them your love today? That's why God puts us in a spiritual family. That we learn how to love one another. How to serve one another. How to encourage one another. How to pray for one another. How to lift up one another. Engage them. And trust the Lord to enable you to meet those needs. And you know, you will be amazed how God will supernaturally enable you and empower you to meet those needs. Because you you are aligning yourself with your purpose. And it just flows. The little boy had only five loaves and two fish, but he offered them. He put them into the hands of Jesus and they fed thousands of people. We are all called to serve, every single one of us. But we do not all serve the same way. Amen? Because not all of us have the same abilities, the same gifts, or the same talents. I serve very differently from the way my wife serves. She's the hands, I'm the mouth. She says one mouth in the family is more than enough. She's a wonderful organizer. She's an administrator. She's a bookkeeper. She's an accountant. She loves to do books. So that's how she serves. She keeps everything in order in our ministry. Anytime I ask a question. What's going on here? She would pick out the file and tell me exactly what's going on. Amen. We don't all serve the same way. Why? Because Romans 12 says we have. Many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing, different gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Seven different gifts, ministries that, that, that are in the local house to serve. Depending on your gift, how God wired you. Amen? Amen. So all of us are called to serve in one measure or another according to the gifts that God has given you. Don't say, "Well, I have I don't have really anything." No, you have something. Amen. Serve. And as you do, you enter into your own greatness. In finishing, I want to give you some qualities Of a godly servant. Outstanding. Characteristics. Number one. Godly servants. Are selfless people. We can either serve self. At the expense of others. Or serve God and others. At the expense of self. You can't do both. Luke 9.23 and 24. Jesus said. the crowd. If any of you wants to be my follower or my disciple, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. These servants have laid down their lives they denied themselves as jesus said they have abandoned their dreams their ambitions some of them their careers and in order to serve god and to follow him wherever he leads them john said in jesus said in john 12 anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me Because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Amen. Amen. Number two. Godly servants are inspired, they are motivated, and they are strengthened by the God kind of love. Love is the motivating and the inspiring force that leads them. 2 Corinthians 5.14 Either way, Christ's love compels us or controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And so godly servants do not serve for rewards, accolades, or to be seen by man. They simply serve because they love. They love God and they love their fellow man. Simple as that. The love of Christ motivates them to do what they do. Number three. Godly servants are whole in themselves. I say that because they are in touch with the value, with the worth and the uniqueness. They know they have value to offer to someone. They know and they believe that they have something of worth and something of value to offer those they serve. They do not think of themselves as worthless. No. Or poor. They have a healthy self-esteem. They know who they are in Christ. They have discovered who they are in Christ. As well as the gifts and the talents. And they serve from a position of strength and confidence. Jesus did the same thing. In John 13 verse 3 says... Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God because he knew who he was he knew the authority that the father had given him look what he does the next verse the next sentence so he got up from the table took off his robe wrapped a towel around his waist poured water into the basin then He began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel He had around Him. You see, because He knew who He was. And He moved from a position of authority and strength and confidence. And He served His disciples. When you know who you are, when you know your value, when you know your worth, you know what? When you relate to someone, you're not seeking for what you can get out of that person. But you have a mindset that says, I am a person of value and you are approaching that relationship from a position of, how can I give to this person? How can I serve this person? How can I encourage this person? And as you give, you receive. That's how our attitude should be. You know, one of the reasons that I stopped going up north deep into Africa. Is because I realize that they do not seek relationships for the sake of relationships but they seek to build relationships for what they can get out of me use me abuse me I don't like those relationships because they can suck you dry they like leeches no sir I'm not father Christmas When I relate to someone, I relate from a position of strength. I believe that I have value, that I'm a person of worth. And if you connect with me, I'm going to make you a better person. And I I approach the relationship from a point of, how can I serve you? What can I give you? That's a healthy relationship. Amen? And that's the way you should relate You should not relate on the basis. I wonder what I can get from this person. I wonder how can this person help me? How can they encourage me? Come on, grow up. Someone says, stick your thumb out of your mouth, you know, and grow up. Be a woman of God. Be a man of God. Believe who God made you to be. That you are a valuable. A person of worth. With the treasure within. Having this treasure in earthen vessels. And when you have that mentality and that mindset. Wow. You will attract the blessing of God. You will be looking for people to bless. And to give. And to encourage. And as you give. So you receive, and it comes back a hundredfold in return. Amen. 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 Number four, godly servants always serve on God's terms, not on their own terms. There are many people today, even in the house of God, they want to serve God. they genuine, but they want to serve God on their own terms. Amen. When it's suitable. When it's convenient. They will serve. But godly servants do not serve that way. Here I am, sir. I will do whatever you want me. You want me to sweep the floor? I'll sweep the floor. Oh, no. That's not my gift. I'm a poop, a personality. Well, go somewhere else. Amen. They do not serve. Godly servants they do not serve with conditions attached they just do what they told that's the path to greatness what kind of a servant are you what kind of a mindset have you put on do you believe your worth I truly believe what Pastor Tim said here. There are people here today who don't believe they have a place in the Father's house, but you're too shy, you're too timid, you're too proud to come to the front and receive prayer. So if you're that person, I want you to step forward, and we're going to finish that prayer this morning. Amen. If you, if you are struggling with feelings of rejection, if you feel nobility, I want you to step out of your seat and come to the front. Believe God that this day is the day of your freedom. That God will set you free. And you become whole so that you have something to give when you connect with someone. Amen. Unless you are whole in yourself. Unless you are single and whole and healthy. How can you be able to give? You will always look to receive. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.